You're listening to the Premier Podcast Network. Welcome to the pinnacle of wrestling entertainment, Premier Streaming Network. Join us at watchonpremier.com to unlock the ultimate wrestling experience, curated to perfection. Immerse yourself in the spectacular world of wrestling history, where classic battles and unforgettable moments are at your fingertips. Join us today and experience the epitome of curated wrestling content, because when it comes to wrestling entertainment, Premier sets the standard. Be Premier. What's up, everybody? It's Marcus D'Angelo, and we are back for another episode of Everybody's Got a Pod. And of course, I'm joined by the million dollar man himself, Ted DiBiase. Ted, how you doing, my friend? I'm doing great, Marcus. How are you today? Man, I could I couldn't wish to be better, especially uh, with this podcast, man. We are rocking and rolling. I'm enjoying every minute of it. I'm Me hearing too. a lot of positivity. And uh, and we've got a lot of fun in store uh, before we get into what our subject is this week. I've been meaning to mention this on the podcast and I have completely forgotten three weeks in a row. Uh, so let me just say it now here at the top of the show. That amazing theme music that you guys are hearing at the start of every episode of Everybody's Got a Pod was written and performed by the one and only Montezzi. He's a very, very talented artist. Uh, he also wrote the entrance music for Sammy Guevara in AEW. He's done some stuff with the XFL. Uh, he's got a podcast of his own. It's called Swerve City Podcast. Wow. Uh, and the guy is just as cool as it gets. I couldn't be more happy to be partnered with him uh, and have him write that music. Huge shout out to my dude Montezzi for uh, lending us his talents for that fantastic intro song. Ted, I know you dig it too, right? Amen. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, uh, we are back for our fourth episode of Everybody's Got a Pod here today. Um, it's our very first edition, though, of Ask Ted Anything. So, uh, Ted, we we put it out on social media. Our listeners brought some really fun questions. I cannot wait to get into them with you. Awesome. Um before we do, though, uh, I just want to remind everybody that when this episode drops, the YouTube giveaway will be officially closed and 12 winners will have been selected to receive autographed Million Dollar Man merch. So if you haven't subscribed yet, don't worry. Go and subscribe right now at YouTube.com forward slash at Everybody's Got a Pod and you'll automatically be eligible for future giveaways. We will be doing more and I've already got some really fun ideas in mind for future giveaways. So don't miss out. Like, subscribe, hit the notifications bell right now at youtube.com forward slash everybody's got a pod so ted the fans have got some questions you ready to answer uh, i hope so <laughs> <laughs> well we'll get through I hope them so. here. i mean you know, uh, I'm, you know I'm, I'm going on 70 years old and uh you know yeah, they they say that just naturally your memory starts to slide a little bit but uh you know usually i can i can remember things that i did way 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 back uh, I can remember some of that stuff better than I, I can remember what I did yesterday. <laughs> Man, the, the short-term memory for me is always uh, where I, I struggle as well. But yeah, yeah. no, I'm, I'm with you. It's all right. We'll get through it. I know some of this stuff. So worst case scenario, I'll try to, uh, I'll try to give a little more context and we'll see if we can okay. work things out. Um, so the first question is from Jason Bayless. 
Is it true that Vince wanted Ted to make a return as an in-ring performer in 2005 as the Million Dollar Man? This would have been around the time that he asked Arn, Steamboat, Mike, uh, which is IRS, Fit Finley, and more. And if so, what were the plans for the character if you had said yes? Ted, do you remember that? Uh, I you know, I don't remember Vince ever asking me to come back um, as an in-ring talent. I mean, I, you know, 19, uh, let's see, what was it? Um what year did he say that was? Uh, he said it was 2005 that he would have asked you. So you would have been working backstage uh, in creative. Yeah, I mean, and and no, um, I don't think there was, you know, I mean, I had I had gotten physically out of the, the business, you know, right at about the 20 year mark. And um, for people who, well, some people that I know that know me know this, but for the people that don't know this, you know, I chose to, I, I actually told my wife, I said, I am not going to stay in the ring actively too long. I'm not going to end up like my dad. And so right as I was, I was just about to turn 40 when I got out of the ring. And, and, and I, and I knew that I could, I physically was capable. Physically, I still had it in me to continue, but I chose to, for that reason, get out of the ring so 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 despite your uh your neck injury you in theory could have continued working yes yeah i, I could have but, wow uh, i just you know uh you know because you know that uh, and again that added to my decision obviously this thing happened i said you know what you know i'm about to be 40 years old i'm i'm, I'm done so. well let me ask you this you took a bump uh not all that long ago uh with with nxt um, so, I mean, with that being the case, was there any concern whenever you took that bump? Like, man, I could, I could screw up my neck. No, uh, no, the, the, the thing about, and again, it was one bump, <laughs> <laughs> right? you know, the reason that my neck got to be the way it was. And, and there's been other wrestlers too, that have had the same thing, you know, I mean, same, same neck surgery, uh, disc issues with their, with, with the, with the, uh, the cervical the lower di the lower discs where where your your spinal cord meets your what whatever head your neck uh, there have been other guys that have had this, a similar surgery uh, that I did but no I was uh, I just said no I said okay this has happened um, this this should be a sign to me that it's time for me to uh, you know get out of the ring and and I did but yeah no I was never approached by Vince to to get back in the ring here's the other thing uh that, that maybe fans aren't considering and i don't know i'll ask you were you uh had you cashed in a lloyd's of london policy whenever you got injured well uh, well uh, yeah that's that was basically one of the things that enabled me to, to go ahead and do that at that time right and um it what was funny about that was you know it's kind of like and i'm trying to think who told me about Lloyd's of London, and I was like, "Wow, really?" And I, and I had because I had no idea, you know. And and I was like, uh, I was almost shocked that Lloyd's of London, because I mean, for you know, you know, to be a wrestler and to be a wrestler at my age, and then they, they try to take out an insurance policy like that, you know, you, you almost wonder if they're gonna give it to you, you know, but because of the, what you do, it's kind of like. Would you give an insurance policy to uh, a NASCAR driver? 
Right. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like, <laughs> but anyway, I, I did have a Lloyd's of London policy. And because I did, uh, it enabled me. In other words, you know, if, if I had just, if I didn't have that policy, I, you know, even though I had, I was making a good living, I wasn't really the million dollar man. And I, I couldn't, I wouldn't have been able to afford to quit. Right. Uh, you would have had to keep going without that yeah, policy. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, even if you had been asked to come yeah. out of retirement yeah. in 2005, you couldn't, you no. cashed in that Lloyd's of London policy. So yeah. you'd have to either pay that money, you'd have to pay that money back in order to continue working. Yeah. Yeah. So exactly. interesting question though. Um, next up, we've got Patriot Dan on Twitter who asks, how did the partnership with Sherry Martell occur and what was she like to work with? Mm. I, you know, looking back, I can't remember whose idea it was to put uh, Sherry with me, uh, but it it turned out great. I mean, Sherry was wonderful. I mean, uh, I mean, Sherry, I mean, she was like, it was like being with Sherry was like being with one of the guys. Right. I mean, I mean, that's, that's the best way I can describe it. I mean, uh, uh, and plus Sherry legitimately, you know, because, you know, you know if you know about her background and, and, the, and the things that she went through in life to get to where she was, man, it was incredible. Hard road, hard road, hard road, hard life. And, uh, but to be as sweet as she was, it was, you know, and, and it was kind of like, with Sherry, I had to, I didn't have to encourage her is what I'm saying is I didn't have to encourage her to do more. Actually, I had to kind of pull her back and say, don't do so much because it kind of like, wait, <laughs> wait, wait for the right moments. You're like, you know what I'm saying? Yes. Uh, I've heard Jake say the same thing about working with Sherry where he's like, man, she will steal the spotlight every <laughs> single time. If you let her. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, but she was great. Uh, thought, thought the world ever. We'll talk in depth about Sherry sometime down the road. Uh, ben Jones from Ad Free Shows asks, with regards to the basketball kicking incident, was the kids' family in on that, and did they uh, receive anything after the show? Uh, you know, of all the things and all the gimmicks that I have done over the years, the one that everybody remembers is the <laughs> little boy and the basketball Yep. And so, so here's, here's the, uh, here's the story. We were in Milwaukee and Milwaukee. I, I mean, I remember, I remember asking the question, I said, well, what's Milwaukee famous for? And somebody said beer and basketball. <clears throat> and so I said, well, we can't do anything with beer. Let's do something with the basketball. And so I think it was, <clears throat> I actually think it was gorilla monsoon's idea. <clears throat> Excuse me. And he said, let's get a ball, basketball and, you know, you dribble the basketball, you know, and you tell a little boy, you know, okay, okay, let me see you dribble the basketball 10 times. And he, and he, and he does it. Yeah. And you could tell when he did it that, you know, he was, he's doing it, but you know, I was scared to death at any moment he was going to miss. And I said, okay, if you could do that again, 15 times without missing, you know, I'll give you $500. Mm-hmm. You know, and of course, you know, being the million dollar man, and so I could, I could tell you and your family need the money. You know, <laughs> you know what a jerk, right? right. And so, um, so he's, you know, he 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 starts he starts with it, 
and he gets right. He gets to 14, and I just I didn't really kick the ball. I just put my foot under the under where the ball was going to bounce. <laughs> made made it bounce bounce off of my foot, and I said, "Ah, oh, that's tough tough luck, kid. When you don't get the job done, you don't get the money, or you <laughs> you don't get paid." Now we rehearsed it. And in rehearsal, you know, I, you know, I, w- I was just being me. But when we when we do it live, I got to be the million dollar man. I got to be hardcore. Right. So when I said, when you don't get the job done, you don't get paid. Oh, it scared him. He had crocodile tears. I mean, oh my gosh, he started crying. Yeah. He ran to his mother. I mean, he couldn't have done it any better. I mean, man, I remember getting backstage and everybody was going, that was so good. Oh my gosh, that was great. And I said, I'm glad you're all happy now find an armored vehicle to get me out of the building. I mean, <laughs> the, the, those people want to, they, they want to kill me. So fast forward 20 years. Uh, I was in Omaha, Nebraska, which is where I'm originally from. That was my home or that's where the DiBiase's uh, started. And, and my dad had a home, a household, you know, like when you're, when you're a wrestler's kid, you move around a lot. You lived in a lot of apartments, right? That was a legitimately home. And so I had gone there to, you know, it wasn't wrestling related. I think I had a, some kind of a speaking engagement. Uh, you know, well, I, you know, my ministry, that was what it was. And I had a speaking engagement related to my ministry and I was renting a car. And so um, this guy taps me on the shoulder and I turn around and I'm, I'm, I'm gosh, like looking at his chest. Well, I'm, I'm six, four. Well, I'm, only, I'm like a six, two now, you know, uh, you, you get a, get all these shrink. But anyway, and I'm looking at this guy's chest. I look up. Oh my! Oh my gosh! And he said, "Hey, Mr. DBS." He says, uh, "I'm the manager here. Can I help you find a car?" I said, "Yeah, man. And find something that would fit both of us." And he said, "I'd be happy to." And then he just he he waited a couple seconds, and then he said, uh, "He said, by the way, he says, do you remember that thing you did with the kid in the basketball?" And it was just the expression on his face. And I looked at him. I went, "No." And he said. <laughs> It's nice to see you again. It was him. No way. It was him. What are the odds <laughs> of that happening? And and and, uh, <laughs> and I said, "Are you serious? Is it really you?" And he's, "Yes, it's really me." And I said, "Well, obviously, you look like you're doing good for yourself." And he said, "He says you're going to love this, Mr. DBS." He says, "I actually went to college on a basketball scholarship." Oh my, <laughs> oh my god! Gosh. Oh my gosh! Right, and uh, it was just—it was incredible. So, what are the odds? That is just yeah. amazing. Oh yeah! Wow! Uh, yeah. Did you get a photo with him or anything like oh, that? I did. And the other thing was, I—I I got his information, and I don't know how I lost it. You know, I'm—I'm I'm bad at at losing things. You know, especially when I'm out on the road. But uh, I would have loved, and even now, if I could—if I could get a, if the if the WWE could get a hold of that guy, I mean, I, I know if I could, I could have done something with it, you know, like, you know, like, you know, like do this, like, yeah, Hey fans, do you remember this? Well, now, you know, now, now, now let me introduce you to this guy who used to be about this tall. Now he's, you know, you know, like a foot taller than me. <laughs> I'm already picturing you doing it to another kid and he intervenes or something like that. It would be, <laughs> it would be tremendous. But, well, but that was just, it was unbelievable. He uh, went to went to college on a basketball scholarship. 
Well, let Great. me put it out there. If he's listening to this right now, um, please reach out uh, online at Ted DiBiase Pod. We'd love to have you come on the show. It would be incredible. It would. Man, uh, so that night, though, did you go and, and talk to the kid afterwards, or were you just out of the building? Oh, oh no. You know, we went in, and thanked him, I mean, like almost immediately after. Uh, and, 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 of course, you know, I, and obviously the the kid did get the money, you know, yes. it's like, because we did, a, I did a lot of things with different people, you know, trying to prove that everybody had a price. Uh, you know, I think one week, I, you know, I, I picked a girl out of the crowd and I got her in the ring and made her get on her hands and knees and barked like a dog. <laughs> you made Rob Van Dam kiss your foot. Oh yeah, exactly. Rob Van Dam kissed my foot. You know, I <laughs> said, "Look what I did for him." <laughs> Skyrocket. I mean, he kisses my foot. He starts. To, he loves wrestling, and eventually, he becomes a big star. Hall of Famer now. A coincidence? Yeah. Oh, I yeah. think not. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, that- and, and what was funny is when after, and I didn't see. I, I heard that he got in the business and. You know, saw that he was doing well, but I can't remember where it was the first time we actually, you know, came face to face again. And I looked at him and smiled and I said, Hey, I got another foot over here you can kiss. <laughs> and he said, He says, Okay, he says, but it's a lot more expensive now. <laughs> <laughs> And shout out to Rob. He and actually my brother Dominic have a have a podcast on uh, Premier Streaming Network, just like we do. So, yeah. uh, shout out to Rob. Maybe we can get him to come on that for some kind of a great. bonus thing that at some point. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, look here's here's a question. It's just for me. It's kind of related, but you know, you with stuff like what you're doing here with this kid, and I mean, all of your antics, kicking all the kids out of the pool. Uh, you were getting an awful lot of heat. Um, and now I know that you and I talked about you having flash cash that you would kind of prove to people that you were, you know, in fact, the million dollar man. But I'm wondering with all the heat that you were getting, did you ever have to defend yourself against any angry fans? Uh, you know, I, I, I didn't, it, you know, it never got that. It never got to that point. Um, you know, I, you know, I can, I, I don't know. I can remember one time after a, a show and I can't even remember where it was, you know, and, and we would, you know, especially if you were staying over, you know, and you go back to the hotel and the hotel has a lounge and go have a couple of beers and talk to the guys and get something to eat. And, and, um, and I think somebody smarted off about something or, or I think it was more about, you know, uh, uh, you guys are all a bunch of phonies and, if you wanna, if you wanna make me ba- mad, that's all you need to say. And I grabbed this guy by his shirt, and I, I lifted him off the ground, and 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 had him against the wall, <laughs> you know, with his feet to like a foot off the ground, you know. And I said, "Does this feel fake? <laughs> and do you want to feel any more?" And he shook his head, uh, no, and I let him go. So anyway, but other than that, no, not really. I mean, I you know like most of the fans and they know they knew that it was, you know, I mean, basically Vince announced to the world that we were sports entertainment. So they knew it wasn't real. Right. So well, that was cool. 
I mean, and for for context for our listeners, I mean, those were the days when, like, you know, you had just come from Bill Watts's territory where there was yeah. like an edict that was put out that, like, hey, if you get into a bar fight and you lose, you're out, you're fired. Yeah. Um. So, like, you know, you had just come from that territory, so it's like that's a that's a defend yourself, defend the business type territory. So, totally yeah. understandable that you kind of jack this guy up. And by yeah. the way, Jim Duggan has told me some wild stories about getting into bar brawls alongside like Doctor Death and. And Hercules Hernandez and the man just some yeah. it, it, it was the Wild West back in the day, was it not? It was. Oh, it was. And I was <laughs> I was I was with Jim on one of those occasions. And it was it was actually here, you know, I, I live in the Jackson, Mississippi area. And I think it was in Jackson somewhere. And I can't remember how, but but he said he said that I get in the fight with this guy, you know, and, and of course, you know, you know, Jim wears big thick glasses because he gets that issue with his eyes and and i think his glasses were brought up and he says you know like he, like he couldn't find the guy the guy he said the guy bit my finger and, and the way he he the way jim did it was he was kind of like he went like oh there there you are now i know where you are and, and, and punched him. And then, you know two punches and the guy was down so Man, Jim Duggan, nothing oh, to mess with, even no, to, even to this yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, you gotta really be, you gotta really be out of your mind to want to mess with somebody like Duggan. My God, I mean, Jim was legit, man. I mean, uh, he, you know, he played college football. I think he played a little pro for a while, like maybe yep. a year or two, and and then he came to wrestling. But he was always a legit. Thank goodness, Jim Duggan is a nice guy. That's what I was gonna say too. <laughs> yeah, because uh, you know, if you know, because uh, you know, like you know, guys his size and that strong that aren't nice guys. You know, a lot of them, you know, a lot of them either end up in jail or dead. Yeah, or like will bully people, and that's what I was gonna say. Is like you know, that's the other the other part of this is if you're if you're pissing off Jim Duggan to the point where he's gonna fight you, you're doing something wrong because he is the nicest oh, yeah. person around. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, all right, next up, we've got Francis Reyes. What did you think of your Hasbro figure at the time? Ted, I've included a slide of this figure. Um, I, I think this would have been like your second action figure uh, with the WWF, with LJN being your first. Uh, so uh, not necessarily this figure, but I'll ask you, what did you think of having, like when you first saw your an action figure of yourself, like what, what went through your head? Oh, my gosh. I mean, I was... I mean, because, you know, they never tell us those things, you know, no, they never announced to us that, oh, yeah, by the way, we're going to we're going to make uh, action figures of you guys. Uh, I mean, the first time I saw one, I think was it was I can't remember. I was either in a sporting goods store or a, I don't know, Walmart or something, you know, and I'm, and I'm walking through and I went and I spotted the, that first one, though, with the LJN. Yeah, the big yeah, rubber guy. Big rubber thing, you know? Yeah. And I was like, no way. <laughs> I was like, uh, and so, but since then, I mean, uh, it's kind of like, um, you would think that the action figures, you know, because we get, you know, we, uh, you know, we get royalties off of, of all that stuff that's made in our likeness. Um, uh, but, you know, our, our cut is like really poor. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> really poor. But anyway, uh, you know what's funny is I, I make more money off of electronics, video games, 
I make more money on, on, on uh, as, as, as a royalty on video games than I do the action figures. Really? And, and you know, those, uh, one of those little, those little ones with, you know, they got the little buddy and the big head on them. Yes. Yeah. The Funko Pops. Yes. Oh my gosh. I can't tell you how many of those uh, I have signed, you know, and, uh, and I tell everybody, yeah, uh, that actually looks more like me, you know, slimmer body and this great big head. <laughs> man it's like you you might not be making the money off of like you know the percentages or whatever but pretty nice to fill up your your gimmick table at, at these events with with some of these action figures to sign right yeah 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 man it, it's cool to cool to see them uh still producing action figures of you i know that there's one i think set to come out here pretty soon uh to like target or something um, but yeah, just, uh, it's, it's gotta be a, a weird feeling. What did your wife think the first time she saw an action figure of you or you on a magazine or something? Uh, well, she, she just, she just shook her head, you know, I <laughs> can't believe it. And then she looked at me and she says, uh, don't let it go to your head. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's why we need women in our lives. Keep that's us right. Grounded. Keep us, yeah. Keep us straight. <laughs> Uh, Francis has another question following this one up. Do you have any wrestling items that you still own from your career? Any of your like uh, gear you still own? Uh, I have a I have a few things, but you know, uh, just I'm gonna just throw it out there right now. What I have left is not for sale, and uh, that comes directly from my wife's. Uh, yeah, that's what she said. She goes. Yeah, you know, like, cause I actually, there's some things that I had given to charities to make money, you know, like, you know, like, uh, they would raffle it off or, you know, you know, the highest bid gets it type of thing, uh, in, in, in an effort to help charities raise money for special causes. Uh, but now, now that it's down to, I think I've got one full suit left. <laughs> wow uh and uh you know a couple of pair of uh wrestling tights you know the tights with the dollar signs on the on the side and and uh i don't know i i might have i might have one pair of boots left too so man but, i want to save that stuff for your grandchildren that's you it know? that's it something they'll really appreciate what about the loaded black glove ted you still have one of those around <laughs> you know I, I you know actually i don't but I, I mean what i would do when i first started doing that uh i was working for bill and that's when i when i turned heel and now i couldn't i couldn't go out at that time and find a black glove like that I, and and the, what, the gloves that I got would, I, they were a set of, they were the kind of gloves that guys would, weightlifters would use. Right. You know, and so I would, they were all like, I can't remember what color they were, but I had to, I had to get like black, uh, the liquid shoe polish. And I would, I would, I would paint them black so they'd be black. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, no, I don't, I don't. Actually, uh, uh, somebody found one of those. I don't know where they found it. Some, yeah, it must have been some one I discarded. But and and I mean, I can't remember the I can't even remember the story now of where he found it. But somebody actually, uh, you know, I was at, I was doing an autograph signing at, at like at a comic con or something, and he, he brought one of those gloves up 
for me to sign. I went, where did you get this? <laughs> oh, gosh, man. Say, man, you might have to pick a couple of those up to put on your tables with these signings. I think they'd be <laughs> <Yeah>. a big hit. <laughs> hey, you know what? Good idea. <laughs> could be a could be a big hit. Yeah. Uh, Frank is up next. If not you, who do you think could have been the million dollar man? I've always heard Ric Flair be, uh, has been thrown out there. Yeah, I mean Flair. I mean Flair would have. You know, uh, I mean, it's like you know Vince. Like at the beginning when when we first we started the thing with me, he said, you know, he gave me this flash cash. He called it the flash cash. I had I always had two thousand dollars in brand new hundred dollar bills in my pocket. You know, Flair Flair would Flair would have done it uh, over the top. You know, I, I I I did it. You know, but I you know, you know with with me, you know, Vince didn't have to go whoa. <laughs> With Rick, he'd have to go. I don't know. If he'd, yeah, yeah, you know, like, uh, yeah, no, but legitimately, yeah. Rick, Rick, Rick is. Uh, I mean, that was his style anyway, right? You know? Buying everybody at the bar drinks. Oh yeah, yeah. I've I've also heard uh, Gino Hernandez thrown out there. What do, what would you think of him in that position? Had he not passed away, of course. Yeah, he'd have been good. He'd have been good. Yeah, those, I, those are, those I, are two I don't, good choices. I don't think you can uh, you can beat the original man. You were the right dude at the right time. Johnny Gringo is up next. What is your personal opinion of Bad News Brown? Bad News Brown, you know, uh, I I didn't know I didn't know him well, uh, but I got along with him. I got along with him. I mean, you know, uh, and I, I think that he was he was good. He was he was he was a good uh, a good wrestler, good performer. Uh, um, I just, uh, I, you know, I never, yeah, it's kind of like, I didn't spend a lot of time with him. I mean, we, we saw each other on the road. We saw each other in the locker room occasionally, you know, uh, you know, in a restaurant or at the bar in the, in the hotel, but, um, I didn't know him enough to, you know, uh, I, you know, I, I didn't have enough of a relationship with him, but. To, to say either, you know, personally, he, I thought he was a very nice guy, uh, and 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 work wise, his his work in the ring, I thought was was, was great. You know, I, you know, uh, no nothing bad to say about it. Yeah, I mean, by and large, I've heard nothing but good things about the guy. Uh, personally, I know that Jake was a big fan of his, and he yeah. actually wound up leaving uh, right after his rivalry with Jake. Uh, it was like a match at SummerSlam, and then he was just gone afterwards yeah. uh, because I think that he was one of those guys who Vince had said, like, hey, I could picture you as my world champion, and then it didn't happen. And he was like, well, he promised me the world championship, and I didn't get it. Yeah. Um, so, man, it's uh, it's he's one of those what ifs, what could have been because, man, big guy, a lot of yeah. talent, fun to watch, good promo. Just, yeah. Eh. Yeah. Would have loved to have seen where you'd have gone. All right, let's call a timeout, guys. Remember the days when you were more of a push start than a pull start in the bedroom? Well, Bluetooth can help you increase your performance and regain that old confidence where it counts. Bluetooth is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, and Levitra, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever the opportunity arises. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part? It's all done online. 
So forget about those visits to the doctor's office, forget about the awkward conversations, and no more waiting in line at the pharmacy. Blue Chew's tablets are made right here in the U.S. of A. and prepared to ship direct to your door in a discreet package. But of course, as we always say, there will be nothing discreet about your package. Look, I am always skeptical of this kind of thing. And if you're like me, you kind of want to give things a try before you make any kind of a commitment. Well, that's probably the best part of this whole thing, buddy. With our deal, you can try it for one month for free. All you have to do is pay $5 shipping. This whole time, you and your partner could have been having the best sex of your life, and maybe you've been missing out on it without even knowing about it. Why not just give Blue Chew a shot and find out for yourself? Women are attracted to confidence. We all know this, and Blue Chew can help give you back your confidence where it counts. Stop waiting. Stop procrastinating. Make this thing happen now. Just give it a try. Chew it and do it. Take advantage of our special deal. Again, you can try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code EGAP at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's bluechew.com promo code EGAP to receive your first month free and receive a new lease on life with some new confidence. Visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring Everybody's Got a Pod. Um, KJ... Jado on Twitter asks any funny Virgil road story or two. Oh gosh. Uh, um, I think one time, um, I think one time, um, you know, we, we got, we went to the, went to the hotel and so I went in and everything. So he goes and he parks the car, but then, then later I just wanted to go, go, I wanted to go somewhere and get something. And so I took the car, you know, I, by myself, you know, you know, we're in the, already in the hotel, you know, and he's going to go to bed and I was going to, you know, and so I went, when I came back and I parked the car in a different location <laughs> oh, no. and I went back and, you know, and, and I gave it, you know, gave him the, gave him the keys. And so then the, the next day, he called me in a panic because the car's gone. The car's gone. Somebody stole our car. <laughs> <laughs> I said, "What?" You know. So now, I mean, initially, I got all, 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 all like, well, "How the heck did that happen?" You know. And then, uh, and then I remembered. I said, "Sorry, pal. I, I didn't mean to get y'all beat up, but it's, it's right over there." Because <laughs> you know? he went, you know, he went to get the car where it had been parked. The previous he, spot. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I can't. uh, We're gonna do a full blown episode on Virgil one of these days and talk about your your full history with him. So I can't wait to do that. Um, Next up, we've got Peter D. Did anyone try to legitimately hurt you in the ring? Ted, anybody ever take any liberties with you in the ring? No, never. No. Um, And I don't know if that's because they were smart enough to know not to. Right. Uh, or if it was just out of, out of respect for my, you know, my ring ability. But no, I didn't know. Nobody ever, uh, in terms of like trying to rough me up or, uh, no, I, I never had any trouble with anybody. The, the only, I mean, I like to say, when I, tr- trouble for me in the ring would be with somebody who didn't get it, who is like, no matter what I told them to do, they didn't do it right. 
You know? Now, under those circumstances, Ted, if you're in, in the ring with, I'm just going to throw out a name that I, I assume you might be talking about, somebody like Ultimate Warrior, who uh, had, a, had a history of being difficult to work with in the ring and kind of wanting to do his own thing. Uh, are you throwing a stiff shot in there try, to try to like calm him down or set the tone, or how does that go? Well, yeah, I mean, and, and even him. And I, you know, uh, my gosh, you know, the, the time that I worked with him was, you know, it was like, it was, it was such a, a short match and um, I wasn't happy about it. I wasn't happy about, I wasn't happy about it at all. Cause uh, number one, I, I, I didn't respect him at all. I didn't respect him at all because he had no respect for us. He had no respect for the, the wrestling business for right. him. It was all, uh, you know, a means to an end. And all the boys understood that all the boys could see that, you know, and I, I, I can't understand Vince, you know, you know, got, I, I don't know, maybe, uh, Vince's ego is I'm going to take this, this, this giant muscle head and watch me make a star out of it, you know, just, you know, because Vince thought he could make anybody and to degree he did. You know, and but I mean that's just it. Unless the warrior was in the ring with somebody who could lead him, he couldn't do anything. Right. And and, and if you ever watch his matches, you know, uh you could you can name the things he did in every match. He'd get in the ring and back and forth and shake the ropes and do his, you know, puff and beat his chest and that's it. Game over. Right. And he was blown up before he the match yeah. started because he'd come running down to the ring. Yeah. Um, yeah. And man, interesting kind of looking back, you know, as a kid, uh, you know, I, I would see the ultimate warrior on TV and be like, oh, jacked up guy, face paint, crazy hair. Like, I like him, you know, and that was kind of all it took. But then, you know, as, as you start to get older and hear all the stories and just kind of see that, as you said, he's, he's doing all the same stuff. It's Larry. It's it's like the big press. that's probably really dangerous to take. Um, and th there was nothing under the hood. Yeah. Yeah. He just and that's and that's it. the other the other thing is. Uh, you know, growing up in the business like I did, you know, first, first thing is, is you, your first, your first obligation is to take care of the other guy's body. Yes. In other words, you know, if any, you know, like, and, and cause, cause things happen where you slip or whatever, but you, in, in any way that you can, if, if, if something happens, you try to protect the other guy. And if both guys have that attitude, then everything's going to be okay. But yes. uh, when one guy doesn't care, and he didn't, you know, he didn't care who he hurt. Uh, it was just, you know, means to an end. And uh, it, it was really sad. You know, I just, um, you know, the other, I, I don't know, I guess, and I don't know, I mean, I can't speak for Vince, but, you know, the only thing I could think is, you know, Vince is one of those guys is like, you know, well, you know, you don't like him much, watch what I could make of, make of him. And, you know, he did make him a big star, but you know, it, you know, his star, his star power didn't last long because he couldn't do anything. He could do four or five things. And everybody, after everybody saw that same match over and over and over, you know, you get tired of it. Let's go on to something new. Absolutely. And then, you know, not to mention, it's like, man, he was really starting to ascend. And then he starts issuing ultimatums to to Vince, the boss, other talent. Um, and it's oh, like, oh, yeah, it's oh, gosh, you know, you know, it, you it, know hit the road, Jack. 
Yeah, ridiculous. You know, Jake tells a story about how he had before he he was able to start a program with Warrior, he actually had to come to Warrior at Vince's request and ask permission to work with him. Insanity, insanity, letting the inmates run the asylum. Yeah, I, Vince. I mean, I'm not Vince. Jake never told me that, but well, I, I, I'm sorry, but I mean, I got along with. Marcus, I got along with everybody. I, you know, uh, you know, and there's there's guys you really like, and there's guys you, you know, and if you don't really like them too much, you just you you stay away from them. But I, I pretty much got along with everybody. And when anytime that question comes up, is, is there any one guy that you just had no, uh, and, and that's it, it's the ultimate warrior. To make somebody you know go ask the guy if if you can work with him are you serious no ridiculous that's going way too far ridiculous you know? Amen. And, and and i you know what and i would say that to vince today you've got a guy like jake who's a veteran talent you know he established himself proved himself over years the territories everything and uh man being for you'll have to ask jake next time you see him around about that story because warrior's reaction whenever jake comes and asks permission to work with him man it is it is unbelievable uh we covered on this my other podcast the snake pit so if you guys want to want to hear it wow. go ahead and go ahead and go listen to that but man warrior's wow. reaction and the way that he treated jake when jake asked permission just awful so wow. we'll move on. We don't have to bury Warrior anymore. Uh, yeah. Next up, we've got barbecue. Well, just, just, but, but I mean, not Warrior, but Jake. You know, one of the guys that I absolutely love working with is Jake. I mean, Jake was one in my book, one of the top ten ever. Yep, ever. You know, I, I don't know where I don't know where I rank with him, but I mean, we've been friends a long time, and I mean, it was like working with Jake was for me was like a night off. Like, you know, what? Oh, this is going to be easy because we're just going to go out there and we're going to do the dance because we both basically came from the same school of wrestling psychology and what wrestling was and what and how you, you know, anyway. I've heard him say the same thing about you working with you. It was like a night off. Uh, yeah. Always loved your work. And yeah, you know, like a lot of people like to point to Jake and say like, oh, well, he's he's the greatest promo of all time. And it's like, yeah, he was. He was a great he was a great promo. However, if you look at his ring work, just like the crispness of his, of everything that he did when he was in his prime, man, the guy yeah. could go. Yeah, yeah, he could. He could go. All right, uh, next up, Ted, we've got Barbecue Dad 105. Does Ted have any fun Battle Royal stories? Uh, just that the uh, biggest Battle Royal I think I was ever in. <laughs> it's like, um, I remember uh, I, I thought I, I was thinking Battle Royal. Uh, you know, like, what, what's the big Battle Royal? Uh, uh, Royal Rumble. The Royal Rumble. Uh, okay. And, and I'm thinking, oh, it's Royal Rumble. This is going to be a night off, you know. And so, but I remember the day of the show. You know, Pat Patterson came by and, and we were eating, you know, you know, like they have, they cater, cater food for us. And Pat came by and he says, uh, Ted, he says, if I were you, I wouldn't eat so too much. I said, what? <laughs> he said, uh, you're going to be in there a while tonight. Be in there a while. 
I was the first guy in and almost the last guy out. Oh my goodness. And I can't remember which one it was. Um, it was like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> I was like, cause at the time they, they, the, the way they did it, they didn't start with all the guys in the ring. You know, they'd start with, you know, and then, and then every minute or whatever it was, you know, you'd hear a buzzer and somebody else would run to the ring. Uh, I was the first guy, you know, in the ring. And then, they kept adding them and adding them and adding them. I mean, it was like almost, I don't know. I can't, I mean, you talk about wearing my butt out. I, I <laughs> Man, that is, that is a tall, tall order for anybody. I can't remember. Was it 89? I want to say it was 89 or I something. Can't, I can't, I can't remember, but yeah, I was, uh, I was in there a long time. Oh God, brutal! And I know that Flair had to do the same thing back when he won the Royal Rumble. He was in there forever, and it's like, man, you better have your your wind right if you're gonna do something like that. Because yeah. holy smokes! Oh, yeah. And of course, the guys help you too because you get in there, and there's, you know, after a while, there's so many guys in the ring. You know, the, you know, the fans can only watch, you know, you know, collectively. You know, but there there were guys, a lot of the guys that helped me in terms of, uh, you know. Uh, you know, like, even they, they'd be okay. You know, they, they'd grab me and say, okay, Ted, let's go over here in this corner and let you rest a little for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've, I've heard a lot of people say that the strategy when you're in a battle royal or a Royal Rumble is like, just find a corner and rest as long as you can. Uh, that yeah. way you're not going to catch an elbow or a knee from anybody too. And then you can kind of get back out and get into the action a little bit. So, yeah. And, you gotta, bet- and, 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 and the other thing is you got to be careful what you do. Because there's so many bodies in the ring, you, you got to be careful. I mean, like it's like it'd be real hard to pick a guy up and just body slam me because you got, you know, once there's like 20 people in that ring, how do you do that? You know, yeah, you're stuck just kind of brawling with that right, many people, right? Yeah. So, but it, it was it would always get down to the last like four or five guys, and then and then they would have a strategy as to what they would do and how they would do it, which made it exciting. And to this day, one of the you know fans' favorite events, the Royal Rumble, every yeah. year. Uh, yeah. So it speaks to the to the the quality of the idea from Pat Patterson. Yeah. Uh, next up, we've got Michael McClanahan. What were some of the challenges associated with pulling off the Million Dollar Man gimmick? How do you believe the character would translate in modern audience? So that's kind of two uh, questions. So w- was there any challenge to uh, to doing the gimmick? Did you find that being a heel uh, in that capacity kind of came easy? I, I, you know, I, I did. I mean, it's kind of like, um, you know, when I was on the road, uh, I mean, you know, it's kind of like, um, it's like, I didn't, I didn't live the gimmick in terms of just, you know, like everyday daily life, you know, like when I, when I walked through an airport or something and, and somebody, if somebody spotted me, Obviously, a lot of people, you know, a lot of people recognize, you know, celebrities when they walk. I mean, I've, I've recognized celebrities walking through an airport. Oh, God, that's, oh, what's his name? You know, uh, but I don't know him. I didn't walk up and approach any of them. But because uh, it's kind of like, you know, like me. Uh, and I appreciate fans. And, and I'll be honest with you. Uh, if fans approach me in the airport or, or, or wherever, a restaurant, uh, as long as, uh, for example, now if I'm, if I'm sitting, if I'm sitting at a booth or something and it's obvious that I'm having dinner and, you know, I want my privacy, 
you know, I don't appreciate people just walking right up to the table. But I've had people where I'd, I'd go in and I would I would have dinner and I, I would walk out and walking out. These fans were such big fans. They waited. They, they waited outside and, and paid me the courtesy of, of not interrupting me. That's the right way. And I said, what else you have to sign? I said, you don't, I may not, you know, if you show me that kind of respect, I'm going to, I'm, you know, you got three things, I'll sign it all. You know, uh, that was kind of like my, my attitude, but you know, no, I, I had no, uh, uh, there wasn't much trouble being the million dollar man, the way Vince wanted me to be. I mean, it's kind of like, uh, uh, I stayed at really nice hotels and the, the limousine service. Of course, the limousine service, you know, what didn't continue to be limousine service. Then it, 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 uh, when the limos, limos was, were over, then, then he said, you know, when you guys are, you know, renting, rent, you know, rent like, you know, rent a, rent a big car, you know, like a big four door car, you know, and travel that way. Uh, but otherwise, you know, uh, and again, the, the money, uh, of course, all those all those perks that started the character, you know, in, you know, in uh, like you know when when I am seen in public and oh man, that guy, you know, he was in that restaurant, you know, and he picked up everybody's tab and all those that that was that was Vince wrote all that office marketing, marketing the product. Of course, you know, and of course, once the the the, the character was well established and. Those things went away, and then I was like everybody else, you know. <laughs> I mean, it's a pretty easy gimmick to sink your teeth into if you think about it. Like, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna put you in this limousine, give you some flash cash, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, the, I'm sure that the transition from you know loaded black uh, glove mid south Ted to million dollar Ted yeah. is not oh, not yeah. a tough one. But I mean, I, and and everybody goes, you know, who 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 else do you think could have been the million dollar man? I said Vince. There's, I, said, I, there's I believe the if Vince could be a character in his own program, that's who he would have been. And, you know, it only makes it only makes sense. There's the answer is, yep, that's it. It is Vince McMahon. You know, I've, I've heard the stories about him uh, paying some guy five hundred dollars to put out a cigarette on an airplane at one point because he didn't want to smell it. It's like that's the million dollar man. <laughs> yeah, 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 yep. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, I know that story too. I and mean, that, that's right. That's what he did. Incredible. <laughs> incredible. Yeah. Uh, a couple more, and Ted. He did then... it, and he did it. He did it to prove. I mean, he did it to prove it to uh, Bruce. Uh, no, not, not Bruce. It was uh, uh, Pat. Pat Patterson. Everybody's got a price. You know, that way. Let, let me show you. That's how he did it. <laughs> Just amazing, man. Next up, we've got Joe Ness, who asks, besides Doc, who is your best partner and best opponent in Mid-South? In Mid-South? Wow. Uh, well, obviously, uh, Steve Williams was my best partner. Um, and I know that uh, I know that uh, the Cowboy put Doc with me because, you know, kind of like I, it's kind of like when you want to help somebody along, you know, same thing was done to me. You know, uh, I was put in matches with, you know, uh, different people when I was young and just starting, but I was put in matches with those people so I could learn. 
and uh, you know, and and Doc, Doc was, Doc was unbelievable. I mean, you know, here's a guy who, in college, was a two-sport athlete. You don't do that in college anymore. I mean, for the longest time, it, I, I was, I was, I, you know, like I was given a scholarship to play football at West Texas State. Uh, I was a football player. That's it. Steve Williams played football for the University of Oklahoma, one of the top universities and football teams anywhere. And he also wrestled. Man, As a, you know, he had he was a two sport athlete in college. It's just incredible. Just a so, freak I mean, athlete. I, I, I love the but Doc picked up the business. Uh, you know, he 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 was good. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think of what it was that something happened. We were we I can't remember where we were going. I think we were up at Oklahoma driving somewhere, and uh, somebody did something. Somebody you know like cut us off or did something. And Doc's you know he just made him so mad. He 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 went around. He actually went around them on the uh, on the wrong side of the road. Like on the on the yeah, you know, on the shoulder yeah. on the shoulder gets in front of him and he says he says uh, put your seatbelt on and he slams on brakes you know and and this car this car came up and just I mean just missed hitting us it was like Whew, and Doc, man. Doc gets out of the car and he's just cutting a promo on all these. And you can see the, the expression on everybody's face in that car. They're rolling up the windows. They're locking the doors and everything. And he's cutting a promo on them. And finally, he just he just goes with his hand, wham, and right in the middle of the hood, he, he hits the hood of the car and puts this gigantic dent in it. Oh, my. And then we just get in our car. And, and and we and we pull away, and he looked over at me like a little kid and went, "Ah!" <laughs> 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 uh, but anyway, uh, those were those some special moments. Uh, but yeah, I loved working with Doc. Uh, what did, what was the question? I go back to the question. Um, uh, your your favorite, uh, and thank you for that story. It's incredible. Just yeah. picturing Doc because he's got that. He had that huge hair and the big beard. Oh, he looks like a oh, Sasquatch. Yeah. Yeah. And just picturing that guy coming out and cutting a promo on you, man. Oh, I'd, yeah. I'd be trying to speed off. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, the other question was: besides Doc, who would you like teaming up with, and who's your best opponent in mid south? Oh gosh. Um, besides Doc, you teamed up with Duggan back during uh, like the Rat Pack days, right? Yeah, I was I was going to say the Rat Pack, you know, uh, Duggan uh, for sure, and then I think um, um, wasn't there somebody under a, that mask, uh, the Grappler? Oh, Lynn Denton. Lynn Denton. Lynn Denton, you know, doesn't get get doesn't get the credit that he deserves. I mean, he was great, man. Yes, and. Uh, I remember I had gone to Japan. Now you have to understand Japan. It's like, it's a three quarter shoot in Japan. In other words, it's a work, but, but they lay them in, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? You know, everything looks really real. Cause it's, it's, it's a half shoot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so I had just come back from Japan 
and I have this match with him. And for whatever reason, I I I, I kept potatoing him, yeah, you know, just not intentionally. And so finally, he rolled out. He rolled out on the floor, and he looked up at me, and he said, "He said, he said, hey, you're back in the USSA. Loosen up." <laughs> <laughs> it was all I could do to keep from just cracking up in the middle of the ring. Man, uh, you know, he was great though. He was really good. I've heard nothing but good things about Len Denton. Yeah. Um, man, it's I, I know that he was out at uh, WrestleCon recently out there in LA. And yeah. uh yeah, Jake said that he was happy to see him. He's still oh, yeah. he's still out there getting it done, man. I would love to get him on one of our shows one of these days. Yeah, he's good. Back back to that question, who did I love working with? You know, I didn't, I didn't more than anybody uh, in Mid South. Uh, you know, I, I I got to be I got to be very close friends with Junkyard Dog. Oh, nice! Uh, I mean, enough so that JYD was the best man when my wife and I got married. Really? And, uh, yes, and you know when we first met each other, we were, we were both baby faces. And eventually of course I turned, you know, and, uh, you know, I had, I had the most fun and the biggest run with JYD that you could ever imagine. Yeah. So, <laughs> and like, um, I'm trying to think of, I mean, the first time that I wrestled him after I turned on him, oh my gosh, after I turned on him, the first time I wrestled him in new Orleans was just unbelievable. Oh man. Uh, it was kind of like, um, uh, well, I, you know, it's like I, I told everybody, I, 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 I told the guys, I said, look, I'm not going to drive my car to New Orleans. So why? I said, because it'll be on blocks when I come out. <laughs> you know, I mean, the, the wrestling fans took their wrestling really serious. And I, you know, you know, I had just, you know, I had just turned on my, my best friend basically. And so Grizzly Smith, Jake's dad, who was like the agent for Bill Watts, he says, okay, he says, just ride with me. So I rode with, I rode with Grizzly Smith to, to New Orleans. And, uh, and so me and JYD go out, we have the match. And, and of course, you know, this is like the first time. And I, I, you know, I, I beat him again illegally somehow because we're going to have another rematch and come back and sell it out again. Right. And so I go back and I shower and I, I come out and and I'm getting dressed and old Grizz comes walking in there and he got his hands on his hips and just looking at me and shaking his head. I said, what's wrong? He just shaking his head. I said, something wrong with the match. He says, no, damn it, the match was great. I said, well, what's wrong? He said, they slit my tires, all four of them. <laughs> I said, see? I said, they just slit your tires. I said, I wouldn't have had any tires on my car. <laughs> <laughs> true story oh my gosh so that took us a while to get out of new orleans that night <laughs> man it's uh to to put into context what a star he was uh um he being junkyard dog in in new orleans yeah. like elf level popularity oh yes absolutely <laughs> right? like a massive I mean, in massive new orleans stuff. i don't think there's anybody i don't care what they do i don't think there's anybody more popular than the junkyard dog was i mean not, not, i mean you know, uh, the New Orleans Saints, there wasn't a football player. There wasn't anybody more popular than JYD. 
man, it's such a great performer, and I can't wait to to look back. I mean, look, you know, somebody online said recently, like, hey, when are you going to cover more of, you know, we're only covering uh, WWF stuff on this podcast, and when are you going to cover more? It's like, buddy, we've got a long ways to go <laughs> and a lot of story to tell. We're going to be talking about Mid-South, your rivalry with him. I can't wait to talk about the, uh, the tuxedo match with Jim Duggan, Japan. I mean, buddy, we've got an awful lot to cover, and I can't wait to get into it. Um, all right, Ted, last question, and then I'll let you go. And actually, I'm just I'm just coming up with the, this one on the fly because we brought up Matt Bourne. Uh, I've heard an awful lot about him over the years, maybe kind of a, a wild guy at times, a partier. Uh, give me your best Matt Bourne story. I know you've got to have at least one. Oh, gosh, brother. I, you know, um, <laughs> my, my, I, it's like my best Matt Bourne story is like him, him, him almost getting in a shoot fight with Hacksaw. Was that, uh, that was not all that long ago, right? Like 10 years ago or something? Um, 12 years ago? Well, I think it was a little longer than that, but I mean. Was this in Mid-South? Did they got into a shoot yeah. fight? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, so they they did it a few years ago. Well, like 10, 12 years ago at, at like an indie event where it was like it turned into a shoot in the middle of the ring. I don't know if you've well, ever seen that footage. Well, that's because, you know, that, that, that whole, uh, you, know, you know, Matt, you know, he was a good worker, but he he had an attitude, mm-hmm. and 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 Jim hated it, man. He just you know, and they, you know, they almost came to Fifth City, you know, in the mid south, and so I'm sure whatever happened, what how how long ago? Uh, it's, man, I'm probably gonna get killed online for not knowing the the exact year. Well, it, it may have been like 2009, 2010, somewhere yeah, in there. But but whatever wherever that was 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 a hangover. <laughs> Yeah, was a a, you know like you know they just they you know and and i get it i mean i understood i understood uh uh i understood jim's angst with matt you know matt matt was a good worker but just you know he just had an attitude about him that wasn't the best yeah, you know, it's uh, rest in peace to Matt Bourne. You know, I'm sure he's a, a lovely human being. I've never had the opportunity to meet him uh, before yeah. he passed. But, yeah, I mean, from everything I've heard, like, man, the guy could be really volatile, uh, kind of living life on the edge. Yeah. And, like, yeah. you know, yeah. when you start doing that, you're messing with people's money. Yeah, yeah, that, that, and that's it. I mean, you couldn't have said it better, you know. Uh, like I said, great in the ring, great worker, but – you know, it's like, you know, it takes more than just being a great worker. You know, you got to get along with everybody and, uh, and, uh, you know, there's got to be compromise sometimes. And he just, it wasn't there. <laughs> well, we'll tell more Matt Bourne stories down the road. Cause we are going to do a Rat Pack episode. I want to get Jim Duggan on this podcast to do that. I've got all kinds of plans and well, ideas. You, well, you might have to do that because, you know, uh, when we start talking like that, it's going to take Jim to, to help me remember some of these stories. <laughs> <laughs> Man, just picturing uh, hosting a podcast with the two of you telling stories. So I'm, I cannot wait. We're going to make it happen one of these days here. And by the way, these questions, um, we're not done yet. You know, this, this entire, I, I've still got a whole document full of questions from fans. Wow. I'm going to keep them all. And okay. I'm going to, and I'm going to do it for the next episode of Ask Ted Anything. So I can't wait to do more of it. Um, and Ted, man, I, I appreciate you joining me today. And I know what the listeners do too. Yeah, uh, so we'll be back next week, but in the meantime, okay. we'd, we'd love to have you guys follow us on social media at Ted DiBiase pod on all social media platforms. 
Follow Ted at MDM Ted DiBiase on all his social media. Follow me at Marcus P. D'Angelo on Twitter. And follow Premier Streaming Network at Watch on Premier on Twitter and at Premier Streaming Network on Instagram and Facebook. While we're on the subject of Premier Streaming Network, I also just want to give a reminder that if you'd like to get this podcast on video with no commercials and get access to a ton of sports, entertainment, and other shows, get over to, to PremierStreamingNetwork.com. Sign up for Premier Plus, and I can guarantee that if you're a fan of wrestling, sports, entertainment in general, you're going to find something that you like over there. So go and check them out. Like I said, RVD's got a podcast there. Sabu's got one. I have a buddy named Efren who hosts a, a, the game event over there, which is a wrestling game show. So, I mean, there's something for everybody. You got to check it out. Again, it's Premier Streaming Network. Dot com. Ted, this was a fantastic episode. I cannot wait to, to continue the story of your time in wrestling here on Everybody's Got a Pod. Well, thank you very much, fans. And fans, remember, everybody's got a price for the million-dollar man. <laughs> see you that's, next it. Time. that's it, guys. We'll see you next time right here on Everybody's Got a Pod.